A very interesting neighbor has moved in next door to Charlie Brewster. Charlie with a Y. He's so cool. <laughs> what? There's something odd about this guy, though, and he may or may not be a vampire. But hey. <laughs> but oh, uh, may or not. it's one of those movies. But hey, it's all in the life of living in the suburbs. It's movies for guys who like movies. Taking a look at Fright Night, 1985. What would you do? if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human. Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Scared. This could be the night of your life. You want them? We got them. Movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. We've all opened our beverages, so... Yeah, now whatever. <laughs> yeah, that one's mine. <laughs> well, I was just going to... I think you get a little puff. There oh, we go. Well, little bit. Man. Well, you had the nice little puff. I, oh. The first thing... Er, all right, welcome to New Blood Rising Podcast presents movies for guys who like movies. It's I'm William Rankin, of joined, of course, with... Uh, Char, uh, Charlie. I am, I am who are you? Who the, he's, he's number who two. the hell are you? Am, who are you? Who is this man? <laughs> I'm... Jason Kiesler, I guess. <laughs> that would make me Charlie Stabile. And um, we're taking a look at Fright Night, and I say 1985, not like it's the, that big of a franchise. It's the one from 1985. There's four movies out of it. <laughs> well, I meant, Good God. Well, I meant like it's the not the 1,985th. <laughs> it's the original. It comes out every day. Right. But um, I had forgotten about the 2011 one, to be honest, so that's why I've, I've had to... That's a shame because that's actually like the best remake of the last twenty years. I've definitely not seen that, so I have not. I've, it's I, I, fun. We're gonna oh, get it's to that because I want to. I want to get kind of comparison from you guys. Sure. We're taking a look at Fright Night. It's fascinating because we're finally diving into a horror movie on um, on the podcast here. The quick thing I want to start off with, and I want to ask if you guys have ever had this. Like when I was a kid, I remember there was a movie. I remember two like shots or images from the movie. But like nothing to where I could ever find out what it was. I couldn't Google what was in my mind because I wouldn't get what I was looking. I remember there were two images. There was a guy in a red scarf, and I remember at one point there was a guy with a pencil in his hand, and like his oh. eyes are messed up. And then for years I went. I'm talking like Did you from, mark out. If I, for I went since I was eight years old, and I was like, I don't know what this movie is, and it felt like it was a trashy movie in my mind. I was like, it's a real 
like just kind of teasing. Maybe two a.m. Yeah, and then it's what it is. When it we is were exactly watching this, and I saw Chris Sarandon, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I saw the scarf, and then I saw the hand, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That movie for years that I, I, so I've seen it, but I hadn't seen it really. Yeah. So like, it was Fright Night. So this is fascinating to get into, and this is an interesting cool. movie to to pick. This was on Jason, and so. Kind of want to want you to lead it off here with uh, yeah. Why'd you your thoughts on? Want to do Fright Night? Because it's it's always <laughs> difficult when you look at horror movies because there's always the subgenres and you got to pick which one. For so for me, really the better of the horror movies are the ones that are fun, that, like like scary and fun. This movie has two things going for it. It's got ham and cheese, mm-hmm. like cheesy but the right way. The actors ham it up at the right times. Um, I mean. Chris Sarandon is fantastic. Just overly done, like the way. This is a career highlight for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, What was he in Child's Play? Well, it's the same director. Yeah. It's Tom Holland. So yeah, he carried over into Child's Play. But Chris Sarandon, I mean, he was in Princess Bride. She related to Susan. I never knew that for sure. They look. I think they're. I think they're brother sister, but I don't quote me on that. He's the Eric Roberts of the. (laughs) That's a shame. He's he's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And here continue though. I'm sorry. It's. I just remember watching it. Seeing it as a kid, waking up when it was rented and walking through, and there's a scene later on in the movie where someone's dying and they're melting, and it's like wow. that image in my head, that was the thing that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah. And then my uncle sat down and says, Let's watch it, it's fun, and traumatized me. But, but at younger, then I get older, and I'm like, this is a hoot. This, it's not it's taking a comedy itself, horror movie. Yeah, it's not taking itself seriously, it's not a parody, it's just... It's what I wish we still had with the late night horror movie shows with the cool cheesy guests. I miss that too. That would introduce the movie and it's our ver- it's his version of uh, when we were growing up with Monster Vision. Yeah, right. with Joe Bob Briggs. Right. That's that was our that was what we would see in the middle of the night when you know when we'd be watching a shitty horror marathon. Have you seen this a lot? Had you seen this all a lot? all my life? Yeah, I don't remember a point in in time where I didn't know this movie or its sequel. Right. I'm a fan of the sequel also, which is actually really hard to find. Um, but yeah, I grew up with this. This is I used to watch this movie with my dad all the time. And as I got older and got a real appreciation for the genre, I began to see a, like what this movie was really doing was it was a modern update of like the Hammer horror films of of the 50s and 60s that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's when I really started liking this movie more because I think for the most part it's a great send up and a tribute uh, to what those films were yeah I think if one thing the, the movie is not subtle about is it's it's really showing like even literally the cancellation of uh, Vincent's show mm-hmm. that it's your horror is outdated this slasher what's that line of dialogue yeah yeah it says the, the they, want, mass. they want uh, psycho killers and hockey masks it's so weird because over time it's actually Got turned around. It's came Sl- slasher movies are out are not in style. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like the first thing I thought of when watching this was it. It felt it felt like for its era, it did what's kind of what Scream did in '96, where it's taking yeah. it's kind of taking like a almost a self referential look at its genre. It's kind of mm-hmm. maybe parody, comedy, kind of you know, it's in that type of realm where it's it's kind of deconstructing its own. Oh yeah, genre. Um, it goes through all the tropes. I mean, then that, that, that's always like the schoolyard argument. I remember, like, which one do you prefer, Fright Night or Lost Boys? Mm, I got you. I always said Fright Night. Yeah, still to this day, because Lost Boys is fun, but it, well, it doesn't have this movie's um, 
what, what's the word? Appeal, I guess. Like the, the, this movie has a charm to it that I think is, right. is really hard to, to beat. So let's get into just just basic facts. Came out 1985. Uh, budget was about nine million and ended up grossing about 25. So you know, successful movie, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, director, he said, was Tom Holland. This is his first movie he directed. I think so. He had written a few flicks beforehand, um, such as Psycho 2, which I've heard I great, love. I've Psy- heard great Dude, things about Psycho 2. I have seen Psycho 2 many times. That is an underrated movie. That movie is so damn I good. I feel like just because it's called Psycho 2, right. it's dismissed. No, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite sequels. It's an 8 out of 10. Like wow. It's not the first one. But the, thing, the problem with Psycho 2 is it got me curious to, about the sequels to that. Yeah. It, no, stop it too. Yeah. Like the only thing that two really does interestingly is uh, like in terms of story wise, is that it retcons something from the first movie. Oh, which, cool! I mean, take it or leave it. Yeah. But definitely, sometime maybe we'll do Psycho two. Great movie. Um, he would go on to write Fright Night two. He wouldn't direct it. I think That's I, right. he's got the writing credit, which that could mean a variety of things. Maybe he had already had an idea. He can write it to someone, and anyone could have come up with the idea for that second one. <laughs> um, his future directing jobs would be. I did. I love that he did Fatal Beauty. I actually remember that movie. It's not a great movie, but it was a Sam Elliott, Whoopi Goldberg kind of cop movie, mm-hmm. which was all right. The trailer was on my copy of Spaceballs. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, remember that yeah. buying movies and getting trailers. I wonder what trailers are going to be on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would also do Child's Play, as you're talking about, which would be that's probably that would break major ground for is, another franchise. His best movie. I, I don't know which one I like more. Do you like Thinner? Because I've never seen yeah. that. And I know that was another one he would direct. Oh, I forgot he did that. It's okay. Yeah. It has a really sick ending. Okay. I, rem- I always I remember the ending of that movie more than I remember the movie. Because I haven't seen it in 20 so, years. Is it, who's in that? Is it Leota? Is I Ray t- Leota in that or not? I'm sorry. I kept he might be, but he's not the main character. I don't even know who that... Oh, oh, it's Robert John Burke. The guy that played uh, Robocop in the third one. Oh, really? okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the movie's... Bleh. So... Where do you guys kind of want to start with this? Like, um, taking a look like... Uh, I, first of all, like, I, I maybe this will be a good jumping off point. The movie feels like it's it's kind of a, a rear window takeoff yes. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of sort of like where, from this guy's vantage point, like the kind of character... Because the first five minutes, you get a ton of backstory and like the first five minutes like give you a ton of that, plot. That panning shot. Mm-hmm. That thing's really good. <laughs> yeah. It goes right up into his window. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I mark out for shit like that. Uh, I think it sets up everything right there, right yeah. like in that in that bedroom scene. Um, I love Roddy McDowell. I think he's I think it's the best thing he ever did. I think this is his best character, and it's really it's like a combination of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting if one of those guys could have played this part. But I'm glad it's Roddy McDowell because he had great comedic sensibilities. Do you know he took his direct, like his idea from how he's going to play from the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz? I was like, that's really good. Like, that's a cool idea. And it comes through. Like, when I heard, when I, when I read that, and then I went back and thought, I was like, that came through a lot in the mm-hmm. lot. What did you guys think of the main character, Char- played by Charlie William Ragsdale? Cra- yeah. What did uh, you think? Way too old to be a high school student, but that's part of the charm of. I think he does a, a good job. Like, like considering, like this could have easily been an insufferable, like piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I, but when you have two actors that are as good as Roddy McDowell and Chris Sarandon, and your main character is going to be a kid, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like, God, I, uh, it might be hard to root for this kid. But yeah. I actually think he makes a great team with Roddy McDowell. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's a very competent actor. It was the last thing he was in Hatchet Three. He still acts. 
So, no, good for him. Good for him. Uh, Jason, what your initial thoughts? Like, kind of like, uh, did what you think of the Charlie character? Like, is your main our protagonist? I mean, uh, I like that. You know, they set him up to be so wrapped in this. I like horror movies, but then his room doesn't dictate it. You know, nowadays, like if if they were to make this character, everything would be black, and it would just be overly gothed out. It's like the only thing that you've got is that little tiny TV just playing. That's all. These yeah. like horror movies. That's all I, you need. I yeah. did not get enough. Like I, I never felt like enough. That he was a big horror fan. Like yeah. I like, agree. Like. Like, he wasn't researching horror movies. Yeah, or... like, and like, I, the point you just made about the room, like, we don't get it, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's a lot of posters or, or, or things, like, I would think, like, a guy, that guy's room would have tons of posters and, and, and maybe even memorabilia or something like that, or even fake, like, it's made up, it's not even, like, maybe, actual movies that we know of, like, yeah, fake, fake ones. Movies, made, yeah. yeah, or maybe he downplays it, like, I, I mean, I was, uh, like, yeah, let's go back to high school, so, I, you know, I was a big wrestling fan, shit like that. But my room didn't dictate that. Mainly that was because my mother wouldn't let me decorate my own room. Mm. So, yeah, the way my room looked wasn't representative of the things that I was into. Uh, you know, whether it was wrestling or movies, like, I couldn't hang up posters. Like, that's why, like, when we moved in, we littered that apartment yeah. with posters. Yeah. You know, this is who we are. You know, that right. kind of thing. Right. So I, I can kind of let that go. But, yeah, I do agree about that horror movie thing. Like, it's only kind of casually mentioned that he's a big horror movie buff. Yeah. Well, the fact that he has to go uh, get advice on how to handle a vampire. Cause you I think thought that if was you're, weird. Like, if you're that, into it. Because <laughs> that other guy didn't seem like he was that knowledgeable either. But he was supposed to be... like Evil Ed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's dive in. Okay, so that's we have the buddy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Who's the actor's name? I didn't look up. I'll be honest. I didn't look up a lot the of The only other movie I remember him from is... Um, and he used to come on late at night was 976 Evil. Yeah, he's in a tradition. I looked him That's up what on, he did I, instead of Fright Night 2, I think. Right. right? Okay. What a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but he ended up becoming like a porn star. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that... I mean, like, the... <laughs> at first, watching this, I was like, yeah, Evil Ed's his friend, but the little bit's like, is he? That's right. what, it's that kind of like, friend. The other thing I don't understand is, like, usually, like, the, the purpose of the buddy is, like, if he... Like, when I make the discovery... Oh my God! You that guy's a vampire, and he's like, "You explain to me," and you're on my side. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm with you. Nobody else believes you, but I do because we're friends and we're kids. So and then, like, we're just the, take it. like the weird, like when Chris Sarandon eventually, like, um, uh, Jerry, Jerry Dandridge, mm-hmm. Jerry Dandridge. When Jerry's like, you know, "Take my hand," nobody will bully you again. It's like, oh, so there's like, so we had that going on. Mm-hmm. Was Charlie bullying you? Is that why we're not? Like we weren't his buddy, or that, See, I don't think that's is, the case. This is a good segue. Um, they kind of go into it more in the remake that they were friends when they were kids, but as they got older, oh, okay. Charlie m- moved into a different crowd, a cooler crowd. But he still had his friend Ed, who he was kind of embarrassed of. Oh, uh, see, okay, yeah, and that's, that's one of the reasons why the remake was really good. That's all right, when we wrap up. That's the last part because I want to hear what you guys think about it. Because mm-hmm. the thing to me that's that, that, and I get, and I get the framing of this type of movie. I understand what it's trying to be. The thing though that miss I miss from it is a lot of like, like a backstory, more build up, and stuff like that. Stuff that's kind of missing. And part of it is that relationship. Like I get the stuff with Amanda Burse, yeah. Marcy Darcy. That's yeah, probably Marcy what Darcy. Call, that's probably what I'll call her the rest of the time. Yes, it's, she'll I'm always be kid. That's she'll <laughs> always be Marcy Darcy. Yeah. And you know what? Like the thing that I like about this movie, it actually makes her kind of attractive. 
versus we're married oh, to children. Looks good. We're like, married with yeah. vampire now. Yeah. Oh my married god. Married to children like did its best to not make her look attractive, mm-hmm. which it pretty well, much. She was ugly on the inside, so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> there, there you go. But um, <laughs> we get like that's what I was saying. That first five minutes with her is is great because it's like we get, like they they sum it up. They've been together a while. They've been he's been wanting to to have sex with her, kind of break the virginity. Whether he's been wanting to do that, they haven't. And now it's aged. and that's a great tie-in with what um, what they say Dracula was written for in the first place to begin with. That it's a metaphor for taking someone's virginity. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's a that, good. That's a great yeah. little tie-in to the movie. That, um, but later on in the movie, when it happens, that Jerry ends up turning her. Yeah. So he gets to her before Charlie does. Which yeah. it may be implied or not that they actually. I mean, it's not. Well, that's. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Like the fact that he turned her. That's sex. Oh yeah, yeah in, totally. in vampire mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's part of the reason. Like you can, if you really want to go into it, why Charlie would be so upset and just be like, "Oh my god, I hate this guy." If I were him, I wouldn't like her either. By the end of it, no, I would not like her. I, at mean, all. I don't care if because you're clamored or not. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like there. There, there, there's part of it where I get like you know the seduction of the character, but at the same time it's like, you fucked him. I I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm glad you're alive. Mm-hmm. You know I I felt well, the, it's the seductive quality of the vampire. I know, but you know what I mean. Like it's and it, maybe it's the way she, it it might be in the way she plays it because it seems like there's part of her that is still like I'm Amy still mm-hmm. like in here, and but I'm really kind of enjoying to this. Me, it's the fact she took her own top off, not him. Yeah, not see, the vampire, and it's tough because like you can easily write off like oh it's just the seduction of the guy. I just if I'm Charlie at the end of it, I'm like I don't know if I really can see you anymore. Like I don't know, <laughs> but she's my best chance of getting laid at the moment. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But there's like, a reason she's not in the sequel. He's just not so, gonna look you in the eye. So maybe it's that. And, and I don't know. That's just. The, and I get it. Like you know, if 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 I'd watched that years ago, I I wouldn't. I was like oh no yeah everything's hunky dory. But it's like mm-hmm. the the me now can't help but think the jaded. Adult. Well, that and that's yeah. also they break up before this shit really gets going. Right. right. She's pissy at him a lot, and but going back to what you were talking about about the vampire myth being about or Dracula about the turn, it's because it's the moment she gets ready and takes her shirt off and is sitting there is the moment those guys come within eye shot of him and he's immediately distracted by these dudes carrying something through their yard. Right. I, I right. Mean, me at sixteen. I don't know if I would have been looking at the... And it's not saying that. It's, like, it's just really weird. So that's part of the, where it's going back. That they, There are parts of him that seem so much younger than he is. Well, I mean, also, you got to think... We don't know how long that house has been abandoned. Mm-hmm. And Because you know, when he brings it up to his mom, she's like, Somebody moved in? You yeah. know, like, really? So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine in the middle of the night you see two people walking by the house with a coffin. My, <laughs> it might look a little odd. in the Valium. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Like his mom, his mom is a it's 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 the eighty. Yeah, yeah. do a lot of coke and book for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now let all right. We kind of kind of hit upon the our our protagonist side. Well, kind of antagonist. If you look at Ed, but like the our real antagonist, the Chris, excuse me, Chris Sarandon as Jerry, and then Billy Cole. Yeah. Is, well, <laughs> might as well hit both of them up. Man, man, bitch. You already said like you know. Does a great job. I, had to have, I agree. I think he does do see, a good job. I showed this movie to Mallory, and I was like, she knows more about this vampire stuff than I do. So you know, and I've, I grew up with this movie, so I was like constantly asking her, I was like, explain to me this Billy Cole character, and He's what familiar. what is well, he exactly? I was like, and I was like, and the reason I'm asking you to do this is because of something that's going to happen later in the movie. 
that I've never understood and I just took it at face value. And yeah, she explained it to me and it made perfect sense. That, How did she put it to you? That, that was basically like um, in vampire stories, they always had an assistant. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody that they turned, but they didn't completely turn them into a vampire because, so that they could be around during the daytime. Mm-hmm. It was like an, an, it was like an uns, un, unsaid power that they actually had. So yeah, I mean, he wasn't quite human, but he was still more human than a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, because a vampire living on his own in modern times would be extremely difficult. I kept like, and I get if you're looking at the frame of this type of movie, what it's trying to be. I guess like it gets the movie can get away with not explaining. A lot. Virtually anything, because mm-hmm. like there's very little that's really actually explained, other than mm-hmm. it's it's a vampire, accept it as the audience and move on. Yep. What he is like without like having a backstory and a research and understanding like the lore of then again like all these fucking movies. Here's the thing: they can create and and they can take into account or completely disassociate from any type of mythology that's associated with vampirism. They can. Mm-hmm. Like, and From Dusk Till Dawn is one of my favorites, because by the end of it, they're not even vampires. They're just undead fuck things. I don't know yeah, what they are. Just, just kill them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, I, I love again, that. Again, I understand. From Dusk Till Dawn, again, is in a frame of, it's a grindhouse movie. So, mm-hmm. like, I, 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 no problem. All right? I'm, I'm fine. Um, the best part about the vampire mythology, though, is in these movies, you can always bring up stuff, and a vampire can laugh it off. And right, go, which they do. Movie, yeah, that's movie stuff. Right. You, so, they he goes to get uh, Ruddy McDowell, Peter Vincent... And I love this character so much. Uh, it, and it, I'm sure this wasn't the first time this had happened, but it was like the first time I ever saw it where he was an ultra superhero like in film, which is great. Like when he goes to go after the vampire in the movie, he's got the fucking stake backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look at this idiot. But in real life, he's a coward. Like, yeah. And I, I, I love that, that, he's, that he just doesn't believe him. But he comes up with the idea to, uh, well, let's do a test. You know, like holy water or or a mirror or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, like that shit that we all know from growing that up. That phone call is so weird. Which phone call? When they call yeah. to preface that. Like, we're going to bring over some holy water. Does that really work? No, it's just faucet water. I love that. I, but I like how the stuff he's like, no crucifixes. Because he says, I'm water. recently converted and I'm... He's I'll a born again. Offensive. Yeah, I'm born again and he'll find it offensive. Great vampire way of going, don't bring that don't shit bring over that. here. Right. Yeah, hide behind religion. Everyone else does. It. But uh, go ahead, keep keep going though with the. No, I, th- I, th- I think I think that's that's good, and and he's a guy. I mean, it, we don't know a lot about him as a person, right? But we do know that he has an eviction notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and he's lost his job. He's lost his job. He's lost his apartment. Yeah, and he. I think he just does this out of boredom. If, if nothing else. But his his apartment is decorated like a vampire hunter's apartment would be. There's weapons on the wall. There's all these artifacts. I'm sure they're movie props because he carries the stuff. He's got, here's the mirror from Orgy of the Dead. This is the right. gun from Orgy of the Dead. I think it's because he likes to live in the past. That, that he like, you know, he's one, he's like a, a fallen idol mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep relying on my past to pave the way for my future kind of what thing. What kind of town is this? It has town. a movie studio. Yeah. It's, it's a, a weird town. And then his yeah, girlfriend... It's underdeveloped. Like, we get no development. Because, like, if you notice, like, when they're going through the streets, like, completely dead. And then all of a sudden, party! Yeah, that yeah. big club. Which, that okay, may or may not be legitimate. There may be places like that. Like, I know downtown Jacksonville, Florida, where it is, like, industrial, industrial, industrial bar wine. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, possibly that's... You can write that off as that. Um, so, um, the one thing I... I I love when, like, kind of, I call it the American Werewolf in London homage, like, the transformations. The, oh, the stuff. It's gruesome. 
like it, and it's it's Fingers. guttural, mm-hmm. but it's it's really neat. When I you, really I really give it credit for that. When you first get the look of Jerry in Charlie's room, that is okay. That's act that still scares me. It's actually the funniest moment in the movie for me is when he's fully turned and his mom knocks on the door. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, if I could only. It is the, it's fun, not only that. It's the funniest bit to me. It's like. Oh shit! You stabbed a pencil through my hand. I'm a vampire. I'm gonna stop trying to kill you now. Like, what was that pencil made out of? Mm. Like, it, it wood through the heart. Because I really like that scene, though. That's a great scene because Jerry. I always liked when he puts Charlie up against the wall and he goes, "I'm gonna give you something that I don't have. A choice." He actually gives him the option. Yeah, because he's read Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's- I'm I will say, so, no, that's a good jumping off point, because the thing is, like, and I remember, like, Preacher, which is going to be coming on AMC in a couple weeks, like, has a vampire as a main part of the story, but the funny thing always about the vampire that it had in Cassidy was that he was the contrarian vampire to the the, the romanticized idea. There's actually a scene where Cassidy come, comes upon a room full of, like, the, uh, what's Tom Cruise's name? Lestat. He comes, they're all dressed like him, yeah. and they all have the pale face, and he's like, the fuck's the matter with you guys? Because he's Irish. He's like, what's the matter? Like, what are you doing? Like, he doesn't understand that these guys, like, he's like, you don't have to do that. Like, he's just a drunk Irish guy who's a vampire. Right. And that's what's kind of funny. So, the reason I bring that up is, Chris Sarandon as Jerry is, like, not played as, like, the, yeah that type of vampire that's like, oh, I'm so troubled. Yeah. He's, he's walking around in sweater vests. Right. He's eating fruit. I, I almost think he could have gone further being an 80s, like, asshole Gordon Gecko douchebag. Oh, yeah. He could have. Like, I think this movie could have done a lot of things easy. And you got to remember, like, vampire movies at the time and before then didn't really humanize the vampire character. Like, just for him to say that, that he's going to give him a choice. Mm-hmm. automatically makes him... Oh, that's a good moment. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. automatically makes him sympathetic in a way that vampires weren't really done. Like, they were either, like, suave and seductive, like Bella Lugosi, or they were a monster, like Christopher Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really like that. Like, there's an untold backstory there with Jerry that we're never going to hear. I know, and that's what... It is what kind of bothers me, because, like, I, I guess now with, like... And I think this is... It, the reason I say it is because this comes through a 2016 lens that I'm mm-hmm. looking at it, where it's like, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for more so in a, in movies is to give me the give me a backstory before you deliver, mm-hmm. because then it gives it leaves me with more impact. Like, oh man, right on. I like I like being left to think because I think too many movies today give backstory. Well, there's a fine line. You give too much to where, but but I think a lot of them rely on it. Like, oh, we have to know the origin. No, I don't. Oh need, God! I don't need to know the origin. You could have just casually said he, you could have maybe dropped how old he was. Oh, it's so much better when you what, don't know, like Star the, Wars, like A New Hope. You know, when we hear about the Clone Wars in one line, right? So much better than what we actually well, saw. Eh, that's different. What I'm you know, it's is, the same thing. What I'm getting here is because in there's a there is a plot point though that comes up with reference to how old he may be, and that's with the painting that looks just like Marcy Darcy. That's where I'm getting. I just want to know how far back that goes because he's when she wakes up in his house, there are all these paintings of different women. They all don't look like her, so it's not like some ancient love, mm-hmm. but it's just one. He just happens to have a painting that looks like her. I would like to just know how long. Plus, how long Dude Man has been his familiar for him to turn to dust and melt like that. One thing I thought was cool with Tom Holland said, or it was Chris Sarandis, so like in the end, like. like 
what he what he liked about the the Jerry character was that it's not just a vampire. It's ultimately a guy. I'm just trying to steal somebody else's girl. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's that's a cool way to look at. It. And I liked Tom Holland when talking about kind of the uh, taking a further step back, taking a look at the Charlie character and the Peter Vincent character. Is that Charlie is the engine that drives the movie, but uh, Peter Vincent is the heart, and yeah. that's true. He's by far like Roddy McDowell's facial expressions, like which oh they're so good. They are like. They go, they they kind of come back to it, almost one or too much. You know what I mean? Like they cut back to it, like, like him cr- almost crying. I don't. Is he trying to cry? Is when? he crying? You notice that some of the kill scenes. Oh yeah, where he's the first kill scene where he's watching Ed turn yeah. back into. Ed. Is he crying? I think he's mortified. I, and maybe it was just like, and I get like, depending on what's like, obviously those types of effects, like you know, it could cause your eyes to water mm. without crying. I get it. That's what's like. That's got to be what's going on because I don't see that why because. You know what's funny? Right before I put it on was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was Indiana <laughs> Jones. And Shia LaBeouf, like... Oh, that scene. Oh. You know, where like, he's seeing the shit on the exactly walls. I know exactly what you're talking he's about. He's crying. And I'm like, that, see, now oh, that's, why is he doing that? That I can't explain to get up to go to Crystal Skull. <laughs> why? Like, oh, man. Because he's crying over John Hurt. Yeah. And we're like... They, if, you, if that was the first Indiana Jones movie you ever saw, you would wonder who the hell this John Hurt character was. I'm, I need to go see the other movies. Right. And you're like... He's not in any of these. Why do why like why are you crying? Why should I feel bad for you crying? I don't know this guy. Would that be your reaction too if you walked in there? Like I'd be more like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, not just oh, I, shit. I think it would help if I knew if I knew about the character before. Like that's one time where I think the right. origin would help, where it would explain. Um, but I think like when it comes to the way, like you say that Peter Vincent's crying in this one. I mean, this is a kid. Oh, this I, is a sixteen or seventeen year old. Kid. I really don't think he's crying. I actually. Oh, you think, don't think I, he's crying? No, I think it's probably like his. Like it's the actor. Like the there's some like again like mm. with all the shit that like they talked about they use like eighteen hours of effects. Like you're telling me like with especially stuff in the eighties. Like mm. you know he's using the brand X. You know, <laughs> all type. You know shit like that. That's probably gonna be like not toxic, but at least like give you an onion reaction kind of or something like that. Like oh, it was personal. it was fascinating how they use. It was like almost like the storyboard direction is he does something to somebody we cut we, we continuously cut back to his reaction throughout it where it was like yeah. I don't know why you need to do that that often I get it in the first like because you gotta solidify this guy's committing now to being a part of this mm. he's abandoning the cowardly lion he's now in this for the long haul right it's interesting how they keep going back to it and it's and I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing it's an interesting choice because it's a very long transformation scene that it's so cool yeah. and the reason like um, I, I dig yeah. that is because it felt like a cool homage to American Werewolf yeah. in London in a lot of ways. Now, can you explain to me, because this was my... I never had a problem with it before until uh, the last time I watched it. Why does Ed turn into a wolf? They mentioned it before uh, where he was make, you know just more of, of his bullshit where he's like, I fought vampires and all their guys as bats. Wolf. He turns fog. into Baron Corbin. <laughs> well, the lone wolf. Well, vampires... bald spot on it. Can turn into bats. Yeah, they like, can turn that, into wolves from and the, fog too. They can turn into wolves. They can turn into wolves and fog. Yes. Well, they can turn into fog. Yes. Yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. But when did they ever turn into wolves? It's it happens a, a good bit. It just depends on what vampire. I mean, uh, let's face going. it. Honestly, like you can create whatever you want. Vampire. Well, I know. But what I'm saying is the movie, like, with the exception of this, well, you know, before you said that, the movie follows the mythologies of 
vampire lore in books and movies to a T. Right. Everything. You need to be invited in. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have faith for that to work. Right. Stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it turns into a wolf. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, Pulling up I don't know here. where that comes from, but it must. It's older stuff. Yeah, um, but it's there. Control the wolves. I mean, just not saying there is in the Castlevania video game. Oh, what this sort you oh. could one of Alucard's things. He could turn to the fog, right. turn to the bat, turn to the wolf. So I mean, it's it the original not, for the NES. This is no. This is the one we play as Alucard. This is uh, a symphony one? of the night for PlayStation. Oh, you're talking but, more. But where you're a vampire? No, this was ninety six or something. When I think of Castlevania, I think of the but old I mean, you're, but you're the, what the thing is, you're playing as a vampire. That there, go look it up. I mean, that, like Will said, you can just we can sit here and say vampires can also shape shift completely and just look like your best friend, right? It depends on what you want to, yeah. But it's just a lot of different stuff. Then there are some where they can't, you know, their mythology because they're at they can't turn to the wolf and sack whatever. But he did it, and it was quick. I like it. It was quick transition to the wolf. Mm -hmm. Slow, painful transition back to the human form, but also because he was dying. And where you're saying you don't think he was crying, I think he, I think it was tearing up. I don't think it was crying because a couple things. His perception of reality has just been shattered. Mm -hmm. Here's this kid who came, he came to him, one kid came to him for help and he declined it. This other kid comes to him to help and he half-ass does it. And then when he has the chance to actually save him, he runs. So he's a little guilty. Just right there, but without it bawling out. That's, that's where I was looking at it. So cool. I, my right yeah. yeah. Um, to go back to a previous comment, uh, this was the first time I'd ever heard that um, you have to have faith. I always, you know, I always thought, oh, you just show the cross and you're well, good. It's, it's, well, it's, in a lot of movies, I've seen like for whatever reason they're like, well, you know, in this movie, like for whatever in this scene, doesn't work, and they just swipe it away. It's like, wait, why? Yeah. They don't. They don't ever say you're why. A super vampire. So what actually <laughs> this movie does is it does give you Gives a, a slight backstory. Mm -hmm. I love again it. just enough for you to digest what's going on that you have to you can't just put the shit up. You have and he to worked with it. Ed because Ed's new, right? right. And, and he said that's not gonna work with me because you have to have faith. But when he put the one on Ed, it's so cool because it's I mean it's a line that you know that's a cause and effect thing. Like, that won't affect me, but it also says a lot about that character who's right. trying to use the cross. That mm -hmm. oh, here a question for you. How does Marcy Darcy not be a vampire at the end? What do they do? You have to it, kill the head vampire to turn... Um, before sundown. Before sundown. The only yeah, thing that, is that's what, about, what about Ed? Because well, Ed got ganked to begin with. Well, they he said he's dead. alive at the he's end. Still, that's him oh, at the end. So. I, I disregard that. Because okay. that was supposed, he's fed. He was supposed to be in the sequel. That's the only reason that scene's there. Okay. If they, if they were to ever I make it. Because when I thought, I was like, they haven't really established that there is a cure... For vampirism, so it must be the only thing I could reason is if you kill off Chris Sarand, if you kill off Jerry, mm -hmm. that must make anybody he's turned go back to being normal. Well, there's other but stuff. Ed's dead. Ed's dead. But in the in other like just I from the show, no, he died uh, when he had the stake through him when he turned back from being the wolf. Mm -hmm. Then why is he at the end? Just for the sequel. Just for the sequel. Because it's, so, it's just teasing it's so out. But I like to okay. turn the movie off right before that. Because okay. <laughs> like, I didn't always picture it, but. There is a another vampire lore that if you're bitten, you can be turned if you don't feed because that you haven't killed. You're still human. You have I gotcha. to human blood. You have to feed willingly. You have to willingly feed. Yeah, they've they've gotten around that recently with other shit. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if it was True Blood or anything, but yeah, like so, it was like a vampire that was afraid to kill, so he would like. Take a human and like knock them out and I got like, you. withdraw blood from them. Sure, sure, sure. Know? Yeah, so it was like that's an interesting way to go about it. I can't remember what the fuck that was. There was a lot. I mean, 
Supernatural did that. Yeah. On an episode where it's like one of them got bit and he's like, well, you've got to, it's like three days. You gotta suck you out of the poison. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's Paul Hogan. And you can't eat. Like, you yeah. can't feed kind of thing. Because they could still, during those three days, still be in the sunlight. It starts to hurt. They start to get weaker and stronger. Um, there's, I mean, it just goes back through it. The, the, that's why I like about the vampire myth is because films, yes, because they're so recent and coming out. You know, you throw all this stuff. But if you go back and look at them, it's one of the few myths that still exist in several different cultures. There's like all these little tweaks and mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. But there's still some of the same things. So yeah, I, like that's what I remember that turning thing from. Like I remember okay. uh, Dracula did it. Dracula Dead and Loving at the Mel Brooks movie. Mm-hmm. That 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 becomes a plot point. I don't remember Dracula two thousand. I saw it, but <laughs> I remember people once like, was enough. I remember this guy like he had I saw a real the sequel to it. This guy, this guy had a real thick Norian. He's like Craven. He's doing it. It's gonna be good. Craven's getting a crack at it. It's gonna be good. The Hunter, Craven. And I was like, <laughs> didn't Craven just produce it? He directed it. I think he did. I mm. think Wes Craven directed Dracula two thousand. Oh, it's awful. Yes. It's Saw it in the theater. really bad. Oh! Fuck. Let me ask, I did. I did. So, like, the thing Soundtrack that was okay. I I wanted to see, and the reason I'm bringing this up now is because this may be in the remake where they tried to do this because it's the modern way of doing it, which may or may not work. I loved it when it was rear window in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I wish that lasted longer. Like, mm-hmm. to where, like, maybe he is and maybe he isn't. Maybe the main character doubts himself that he is, like, because he's so consumed by loving horror movies that he wants to believe... That guy's a vampire, and then it. it so you want more doubt? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit. I'm not saying a lot because no, that's the, the last hour of the movie is that last night. It's a whole hour of that. So you have, you don't have to use 45 minutes of it. But I mean, we get that's it. So in Child's Play, the first 45 minutes I think is the best parts of the movie yeah. because for the first 45 minutes you never see the doll alive. Oh, so okay. it's kind of a debate: is it the doll or is it the child? Right. And then Chucky comes to life. At the forty-five minute mark, and you're like, "Oh, it's the doll," but but they they hint at the fact that it might be the boy. I totally get your point about backstory. Like, if you give too much, like it doesn't leave room for you as the audience no, to Steve. imagine. But like, even if you just like, like if you spent more time with him in that room, and I know Disturbia kind of went to that territory with the house arrest thing, and I get it, but that was years down the road. Like, and I'm not saying you have to totally eat the rear Commit window thing, that, up. Right. but like, there is this weird thing that we all have. Like, we're all naturally voyeuristic. If something's going on. Over there, that they can't see me, but I can see them. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. How you doing? I'm yeah. gonna check it out because I'm curious. We're all naturally curious, and the if you give it a bit more time, it would have been interesting to see. Like a, if we build on, we all mentioned earlier, we sell more that he loves. This guy loves horror movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe he loves them so much that's why he sucks at trig. Like that he's focused on that <laughs> shit in class. I love that it. He's mad about it too. That he focuses. Damn it! Like what was he expecting? <laughs> it's not one of those things where it's multiple choice. And what's yeah. weird, like yeah, you either, I, you're either good at it or you're not. Yeah, I love that's, how Ed's that's like, hard shit. call me what yeah, you want, not, but I'm not yeah. failing trig. Like yeah. oh whoa, I would fail trig easily. <laughs> if you if you spend more time building, and again, like I preface this before we talk about the 2011 one, if you spend time building on that, so then like he's seeing this guy's like. And I get it. Like, I completely buy that you would be naturally curious. Mm -hmm. I would be, of course. I just saw a guy pull a coffin in there. But then, like, it's like, well, did he? They... Maybe if there was more sneaking into the house without anyone noticing. Yeah. Which, they do that in the remake. Okay, so now let's do that. Holy shit. Yeah. Because I think... I'll go ahead and tell you guys this. I have two differing opinions myself on Fright Night. The movie itself, I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. I admire though. I can totally see though the heart of making it, like the the passion, 
mm -hmm. like the independent spirit and making it, and it elevates it. So that's why like I came into this discussion, I was like, I really need to hear what Charlie and Jason have to say to try and elevate because right now I came into this at five. Wow, I'm not gonna lie. Wow, I came into it at five. <laughs> but see, that's why like I like talking about movies because I can still remember what I saw, mm -hmm. and if somebody can give me an interpretation, like oh okay. Now I can re I can reassess that. I'm not saying my first viewing is ever completely correct. There have been many times I have lowballed a movie mm -hmm. and it's turned out great and vice versa. After life beats you down or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean like I will give you I'll give you a real bad example. Gone to sixty seconds. Yeah. It I is like that movie. Okay. The first time I saw it, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. But then like over time, like every time I watch it, I was like, I I enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I enjoy this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit like going in like the first parts of Fright Night, and I think it picked up at the that uh, forty-five minute mark for the last hour, you had me invested. Mm -hmm. It just, it, oh, the first forty-five minutes is wonky, and I just was like, ah, it's okay. But I can see the heart and soul that Holland and each of these actors, like everybody's putting in, like nobody's half-assing the shit. This no. isn't Bruce Willis and Cop Out or anything like that. But um, that's why I was like, you know, I and and what you guys said, like it's it's kind of all right. I I could probably bump it now a little. I could bump it, but that's why I wanted to talk about like. You know the remake because I want to see like what they thought through a 2011 lens how mm -hmm. you could improve this and what if it worked and what if it didn't. So go ahead, tell me about it. They do play a little longer with Izzy or Izzy because okay. they have the luxury. And in oh. 2011, they're in a suburb of Vegas. Okay, so like you see like their so house and neighborhood the setting. Yeah. Oh, cool. They changed the setting. Where, where were the we? Reason, set? Where were we? It's never really. It's never really. Okay, go ahead. But pause real quick. The reason they changed the setting is actually really clever. They changed it to Vegas. And there's a line in the movie about, well, everyone has shit covering their windows because everyone sleeps during the day and they go to work at night. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. But, yeah. Because it's, it's, you see their neighborhood. Like, one of the, the scenes I thought was funny is you see their neighborhood and then you see Vegas out in the distance, yeah. but you don't see anything else. Right. Which is, like, really it's, cool because Vegas is so bright. It's like 150 houses surrounded by desert. The, yeah. the big panning shot. You're like, that, that's the whole neighborhood? Really? Yeah, and you can see Vegas, like, over here, but it's just okay. this. Probably, like, oh, a good, right like, 25-minute drive away. And, and and they pick up on the fact that, um, they really do delve into it a little bit. Like, they start noticing kids are missing from school. Mm -hmm. Like, like, one by one. And, um... They get around some of the memorable kids. Moments. So high school kids, high school kids, high school kids, and they actually look like kids. And they look like kids. Boys it's, and girls are missing, yes. or just Bo okay. both. Both. Uh, okay. Uh, they they recreate some of the scenes from the first movie, but put a spin on it, which is my favorite so thing the remakes do. Back to like, the very beginning. All right, so we've seen the house, we've seen this neighborhood, and everything. So mm -hmm. does it? Does Anton Anton Yelkin is the yep. Chekhov is the is yeah. the dude, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do they how do they do him? Like how do they do him compared to? How they did him in '85. He's like, a former nerd turned hot. He's not. He's, he really? has. He. I think it's because he his girlfriend. The oh girl yeah. He started dating. She's, elevates him. She's too hot. Yeah, she's but way too hot. It, it elevates him by proximity. She Marcy Darcy. Well, yeah, but no. Oh, I mean that's what, I'm not literally. But she's, but, yeah. but she's the Marcy Darcy character. Yeah. And the mom is Tony Collette. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she has more to do. Um. But like I said, it, okay. it'll it'll take a scene from the original and okay. flip it. Okay. So, like, one of the best scenes in the movie is um, they never invite him in. So they go, all right, well, if you don't invite him in, he can't come in. And then they start seeing him fuck around outside. And they're like, what the hell's he doing? And he goes, and he says, like, a line like, um, I don't need an invitation if there's no house. And he blows up their house. Yeah. And it's like, fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's his own construction right. worker. That's what's good. Tell they, me. Go, go 
Tell me about Colin Farrell then in that same yeah. vein. Oh, like, he is, he he's his own construction worker. Yeah. He's a dude. Which is good though. because now, you know, more modern times it's acceptable to see third shift workers. Sure. Road crews. Sure. Guys like that. Absolutely. So he's busting his own alley. And they, they always see him digging. But what's cool is, whereas this guy had like that cluttered, somehow I just moved in, but there's 8,000 years worth of shit in my basement. Yeah. What is it? It was like a fucking, he'd been digging under everyone's houses. Mm-hmm. And it was just like right. dirt. It was just. And, oh man. So, like I said, there's a lot of. Charlie creeping around the house. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best sequences because it's not a scene. It's a, it's like a 15-minute sequence where a woman goes missing and Charlie goes into the house and he goes upstairs and he sees all, that um, Jerry has an entire hallway of rooms and he keeps people in the rooms to feed off of them. Whoa. So Charlie tries Jesus. to free one of them. Mm-hmm. And she runs out. And, and, yeah, and she runs out. Thank you, Charlie. And she runs into the... Um, Somewhere. Yeah, and <laughs> she evaporates right in front of him. It's fucking awesome. All right, because Colin Farrell, like, I did a little bit of reading, and I was just like looking at like he loved the original. It was, grew up watching yeah. it, and then he said like he like he original was like when I heard they were remaking, I was like, man, fuck this, it's gonna be garbage. And it was like I wanted to not like it. I really liked it, and you know he he put a like he. He came into it with a lot of reverence. My big hang up, and this was before the movie came out. I went and saw this movie with like a, a grudge, but my big hang up with it was what they were doing with the Peter Vincent character. The Peter Vincent character was played by David Tennant. It was no longer a former B movie icon. It was uh, a Chris Angel type character, Vegas magician. And there is a backstory with him. Okay. He knows Jerry Dandridge. Jerry Dandridge killed his whole family when he was a child. Oh, okay. So he has a vendetta to get back at this so guy. So it's reversed, where he's faking not knowing shit, but he really he knows, knows everything, a lot of shit. And he can't believe it, that he's come back. And Christopher Mintz, please, however you say Plassy. it, Plassy, does a he's great, great job as Evil Ed, because he yeah. takes the annoyance part of Evil Ed, and then tones it down a little bit, and makes him more smarky and an asshole. Yeah. You guys mentioned, like, their di- or their relationship is not like... It's almost tragic. Mm-hmm. Like, to watch Evil Ed interact with uh, Charlie. Like, Ed, you know, he's like, he brings up all the shit they used to do when they were kids, and, 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 and he just shrugs it off like it's nothing. Yeah. You know? So he's, he feels betrayed by his own friend. Because he calls out to Charlie for help when he gets, ter- he gets turned into pool. Right. And he does call out to Charlie, and mm-hmm. yeah, nothing, nothing happens. So it's, it's actually kind of sad. All right, so tell me how they set, like, because we talk about in this movie, like, pretty much by 45 minutes, it's go time. The last hour is just pretty much nonstop. So, how do they set up him knowing or figuring out that this guy is, this Jerry, this new neighbor is a vampire? Do they set it up a little more subtly? Does it take a little longer? Because They movie, do it about the halfway point. Yeah, right? it's okay. almost like the movie has a fake out ending. Yeah. Where Chris Sarandon makes a cameo. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. And it's a great little cameo. And if you don't know who Chris Sarandon is or what he looks like now, you wouldn't recognize him. But I remember watching him in the theater thinking, is this the end? Like, because it definitely feels like an ending. But no, it goes. It's the only forty-five minutes into the movie. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, I can't quite remember like when they figured it out. I think it's the part with the house because at first he's like, "Oh, I, you know, oh, there's something wrong. He's a vampire." Then he's like, he he kind of modernizes. He goes, "No, but he's there's something up. This guy's fishy because he keeps bringing all these hot chicks over, and right. I never see him leave." So that's when he goes into the house and the chick comes out. I think is really when it cements for him. Oh, for Charlie. For yeah. Charlie, it's real. And then everyone else is just like, "Dad, just." Shit happens. Oh, the, the, when his mom fa- after them. That's one of the best moments. Um, he's trying to convince his mother. Uh, like, this movie really does the mother much better justice. Tries to convince the mother 
that he's a vampire and, okay. and, and, and yeah he's trying to get in the house and he knocks on the door and he's like Evelyn or whatever her name is let me in mm-hmm. and this is one of the few times I see this in movies where the kid is pleading with his mom not to let him in the house and she just goes no I'm not letting him in yeah and she goes I, I, I believe you mm-hmm. yeah and which just, is rare which is so rare yeah, cause in my this mother movie, would she's never just like that. she's just so cavalier and like I thought like they were going to play up like that she's like is she lonely? Is she this? Mm-hmm. Is he going to go after his mom? Which right. she is. And they play that up more in the remake. Gotcha. Okay. No, yeah. I don't think the remake is better. Uh, simply because I grew up with that first movie. And Sure. Know. No, I understand. But it improved but it's different. significantly. And, and the stuff that you were wanting. Yeah. Is it gives Because it's okay. then someone who watched it and went, well, I want that. Why didn't they give me that? Why don't I just give everyone else that? Is what I think they did. All right. I so, definitely think you should see it. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to ask you guys now because we talk about the transformations and how cool they were. Like, it's, how do they like? Because the, the tough CGI thing is, in the new. I'm gonna ask you because that's that's a tough thing now. Like when you do, like Star Wars is a good example. Practical, digital, mm-hmm. like, because it's years later. Now we can do this and we can do that. We don't have to do all this other eighteen hours worth of makeup and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. How does it translate in the sequels? It still is cool. Some CGI, mm-hmm. some practical, some yeah, some CGI. Um, you can tell that it's CGI, some you can't. What I can always tell is CGI is blood. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing a vampire movie, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And the same, it's like if you watch Walking Dead. Like, that show drives me fucking nuts because I know CGI blood and it takes me right out of it. Gotcha. Every single time. Okay. Uh, now, for modern times, on a modest budget, it's pretty impressive Yeah. Uh, what they do with it. Uh, but, like, he, he, he does face contortion stuff, mm-hmm. Jerry, and you can tell... That and you're like, oh, that doesn't look real. Okay. So I told I, I prefer the practical effects. Sure, it's oh more, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more of a tense movie. Whereas this one you're watching has kind of got that lighthearted. This movie's this, the remake's more visceral. Yeah, the scene like, in the car. The scene just, in the car. Yeah, and okay. it's and the directions, awesome. Like that with the inside the car, the way the camera turns, like it has a much more polished, slick kind of feel to it. Okay. Whereas the original feels more like low budget, yeah. kind of like yeah, let's all everyone band together and let's yeah. let's try to make totally. a good movie. As yeah. opposed to these are let's get the fuck out of here. Tom Holland, like Holland, like basically said like the movie doesn't have the heart or the humor. Other than that, it's the great. remake. Yeah, he yeah. said they had good intentions. Like he didn't like, like the, I, the finale's awesome. Is it? I actually, I would almost say the finale outdoes the first one with okay. with how, how to dispatch the vampire. It's okay. fucking cool. Yeah. But um, David Tennant, he's great in the part. And that's what I was hanging up with so much. I was like, if you're going to ca- like, cast a B-movie actor, cast like Bruce Campbell or something. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that guy Doctor Who? Wasn't yeah. He one of the Doctor Who's. He yeah. was. He's the I most never popular that at all. Doctor okay. Who. Okay. Um, but he's a great actor on his own. I mean, he's Shakespearean trained and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's, he's fantastic. And the cast itself, all around, is very good. Yeah. And in, like in terms of a remake, yeah, it's the best one that I've seen in a long time. Because man, I'll tell you, like I had forgotten there was a remake. It, yeah. Because it feels that. And there's a sequel to that. All right, so I was gonna. Ask, I saw that. I saw that With there the was from one. Dexter. Yeah. No, and you know what? They took the plot from the second one with Ragsdale and and Roddy. Really? Yeah, which is a pretty decent movie. Yeah, but the problem is they had no one from the remake in the in the sequel, which yeah. was direct to video. So, yeah. right there, I'm it, not It's another that. one of those, like, it's just, let's just churn them out to churn them out, put yeah. the name on it, don't have anything to do with it. Gotcha. It's a real shame. Okay, all right. Uh, as a quick callback uh, to the to the remake, uh, there was an article that hit the internet about a week ago about Colin Farrell asking him what he was most proud of in all of his work. And oddly enough, he said Fright Night. Really? And they said, well, why? Why Fright Night? He goes, you know, he goes, you know, I thought it was a good movie. Um, 
the box office wasn't really there, but what I was most happy with with that movie was that was where I met the man who I would introduce to my mom, who ended up marrying my mom. Really? Yeah, and they're in their 70s. And he said, and for that alone, he said, I am more proud of that movie than anything he's I've ever a done. Fascin- like, I love Colin Farrell. He's fascinating. The Lobster. Gotta see it. And, and the, yeah, I've heard about Gotta that. see this movie. He's fascinating because, like, and I know it's, we're talking 2011 now, but I don't care. Like, I think it's, he's interesting because, you remember in, what, 02 and 03 when he had, like, a run, he had, like, five or six number one movies in a row, but they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, The Recruit. He Bad. Had, he had, um... Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Phone Phone he was booth. good. Thank you. No, no, no. I love Phone Booth. No, 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 no. There's no bullshit. That movie's fucking okay. awesome. <laughs> I think the only the thing that's a bummer is I think they watered that down after that sniper in DC. Possibly. That's the only thing. Make, the writer's not good. Eh, it's okay. I think like it. Fair. It's funny how um, Farrell would it would take years before he like all of a sudden he became recognized as being serious. It's funny. In terms of, well, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say SWAT was another. Bam. And then there was... Um, what was that three-hour-long movie with him and Christian Bale? Like, The New World okay, or that, whatever? Yeah. All right, so that was a Malick movie. A Malick. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was, I'm trying it's to on Criterion, so had. it must be good. He had, Oh, right, right. <laughs> they don't put out crap. Um, damn, I'm trying to think what other... Because, but bottom line, he went... Remember, he went through a whole run of, like... Tigerland. Mm. That's his first Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Tigerland. He, he dropped off. Minority or, Report. He did. Yeah. Well, minority Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it felt like after, like once 04 hit, he just kind of started to... Because mm-hmm. remember, like, there were all these things like, he's getting drunk out in public, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever. He, he whipped his dick out. Yeah, yeah. him you and Britney Spears it? hooked up or whatever. Yeah, the Britney Spears one. All this stuff. He would show up and parody himself in a lot of stuff. Because he yeah. was in Scrubs. He wasn't him, but he was, like, him. And then, like, like... in Bruges. Okay, there we go. That's where, like, it gets interesting <clears> because I remember, like, he won the Golden Globe mm-hmm. for Best Actor in a Comedy. And it was like, you know, on Girl Spot. And then it was like, there was, um, what other, I think that, that New World was like somewhere, it was before that, but it mm-hmm. was in that area. What else? Um, he did Seven Psychopaths. Oh, oh my God. Yes. And then Saving Mr. Banks. He is amazing. Oh, he's, oh man. The oh, Horrible yeah. Bosses. Yeah. He, he's really good. Like, I mean, you know, I, I've seen, um, I mean, it's, I was swimming with sharks and all that shit, but it was very good. Mm-hmm. I loved him in that. It was he's a fascinating career mm-hmm. to where now like by the time like Friday night comes out like he he's pretty well respected and now like what would you what, I've heard of that the film. lobster yeah lobster. something what like, is that something like uh, it's um, not too distant future not, it's illegal to be single right so if you break up or have a divorce you are shipped to like this four star prison where you are transformed into a lobster is that what yeah oh wow. I didn't get that far. I was listening to John C. Riley talk on the What the Fuck podcast. The reviews are incredible, which I'm like, really? Well, I have to see. Good that. for him, man. Like it's it it's where we're talking about the remake. <laughs> definitely interesting. No, well, I mean, it's you know, but um, any other, what other what other things? If I do, have we missed anything that you guys like as much as big fans of the movie? To, that to you go want back to, talk to the first shot, uh, it's one of my favorite ways to open a movie. Um, the only one I could think of for some reason off the top of my head right now that did it also was Unlawful Entry, the Kurt Russell Ray Liotta film, mm-hmm. where it's a panning shot of houses, or it would be an, or a shot of a city, and the camera just decides to pick a house. Right. Like, every house has a story. We're going to tell you this one. Like, I've always liked that. Yeah. You know, we could go anywhere. It's like with Unlawful Entry, it's the whole city of L.A., and it just picks a cop car and just follows it, and it's Ray Liotta. 
Mm. It's like, oh, I wonder what story this is. It almost feels like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. Another thing I noticed, they, from Dust Till Dawn, definitely borrowed from the finale of this movie. Like, when they're With knocking the out holes. Up. Yeah. Like, it's it's right out of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Totally, 100%. But I go ahead. I wonder how many fucking windows does that basement have? <laughs> um, but the ending of the Fright Night is so much more epic because the whole time, like, he's these missing people. It's like an army of vampires. So it's kind of got right. That, They're that, coming out of the walls. I can't remember. Is it he doesn't think the guy's a vampire? Isn't it? Evil Ed is the one that keeps telling him there's something weird with this guy. Yeah, Evil Ed knows all about. Jerry Evil Ed knows all about him, and no one yeah. believes Evil Ed because he's been recording him in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's what really is the turn. Because it's all I haven't seen it since the one time. Yeah, but I've, I was, I've watched it the same night I watched uh, the, the first one. Oh wow! You know, when I was preparing for this, because I was like, I wonder how it stacks back to back. You know, and. Uh, it's great, and and it's a it's just different enough to where I'm not annoyed by it. Mm. You know, like most remakes, I'm like, yeah. if you're gonna remake it, take the plot and then do something different. And I think it does. Yeah, yeah. What well, um, what was I, I was gonna ask you about um, oh, uh, the Billy Cole character. Sure. What do they do? Because we were at we were talking about like there is, is he, no Billy Cole character. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah, his rid own of Billy Cole. Oh, okay. Since I got he, you. I got his you. handyman works at night. He doesn't need a familiar. It's a modern times. Right. 85, it might be difficult to hide the fact you're a vampire. Living in Vegas and now... Where everyone works during the day, or sleeps during the day and works, works at night. night anyway. Yeah, if Jerry's missing, he's just sleeping because he he's a, he works at night. Gotcha. It's awesome. It's really good. It's great. Um, who did that? Who did that movie? Who? Craig, Craig Gillespie? Um, Never. I don't know him from anything else. <laughs> but, like, when they were remaking... Let's remake all the 80s horror movies. The Thing, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, you know, that's 70s. This was the only one that I really thought was worth the shit. Um, it's the only one I've seen. Really? Out of all the remakes, yeah. I saw The Thing one, and, like, the... Th- oh, it sucks. The, the, only, like, the only thing I found interesting was, like, they used the wolf shot at the, the end. end to set up the real thing. Mm-hmm. Why? Sorry, the movie sucked for this long. No, here's something to remind you of that great movie from thirty like, years ago. It's like you're trying to do the same movie, but just to set up the movie that did it better. You did like, a remake prequel. Fuck. This. Yeah, and it. Yeah, it's got uh, the original. It has one of my favorite lines in all the movies, and it's set up um, where the TV show is always introduced as "Welcome to Fright Night," mm-hmm. and then it finally gets to Chris Sarandon. "Welcome to Fright Night," for real. Yeah, and it's just oh shit. That's the one thing that, that was awesome. missing. To me, from the remake, is yeah. There's nothing like there's that. not that at all. So there's no. He calls Fright Night his magician show. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But God. there's no like kid doesn't have an attachment. He just kind of sees it. Right. And and that that's the one thing that that's if they're talking about the heart is there's no connection for him to want to go seek help from. Does this it guy. feel because like we talk about the original? Like it feels like it is definitely a commentary on horror that is now feels like it's outdated mm-hmm. in the form of now slasher flicks. Is the remake? Touch on that. Not really, because when Fright Night, the remake, came out, we were in a vampire craze, and I'm yeah. certain that's the only reason that movie was even considered for a remake. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, everyone loves vampires. No, people like shitty romance novels. Yeah, not, like, not vampires. Monstrous vampires. That's why, one yeah. reason why I wanted to go see it, when I, even though I was so apprehensive, I was like, a real vampire movie. Right. And granted, it's a remake of my favorite one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll check it out anyway. Um, yeah, it's... Like, that original movie, I think because of the fact that it's back in style, I think it's held up. The effects, maybe not so much, but I, I think there's a charm to a, to effects like sure. that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's that, just the gore, the, the melt gore. scene. I was talking about the transformation where it's like, his, his wolf skeleton all of a sudden, then it starts to, the bones grow to humanoid, and you see that slow 
almost very uh, Harryhausen whatever right. egg style. Yeah. And there's a real old school mentality to Chris Sarandon's performance. Uh, Mallory pointed out to me. I was like, you're right. He has a there's a stillness about him. You know, he's not all over the place. He's very cold, very calculated. I feel like, then he becomes Prince, like the the Perry, like how he's just walking. He just it, with each pass, he gets a little closer to Amanda Burst. Mm. So the funny. club scene, it's I love the club scene. Kind of outs himself. Jesus, like yeah, he takes a tiny Lister Junior. Basically, yeah. and just chucks him across the room. That thing's hilarious. Hey pal, yeah. you gotta go. You want chicken? Dude, you gotta that go dance. Else. I mean, I was like, because I even felt uncomfortable with my wife's watch. Like, was kind of my my wife's doing something on her phone. It was sort of like. Well, now, you know, but, uh, but did you feel uncomfortable because it was he's like finger banger on the dance floor, or did you feel uncomfortable because it's Marcy? If it I wasn't like Marcy, Marcy. I it's hard to not remember. I do that think it's about Marcy. Yeah. yeah, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, married with children. She's the neighbor. She is the neighbor and married with children. Who's actually she's a lesbian in real life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they ended up in direct. Oh yeah, they ended stuff. up incorporating that into the show, uh, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I recall. So yeah, it, it's hard to forget that with her. Yeah, they definitely... Man, when she turns, they super amp up her sexuality. I didn't know think it was the same person. I didn't either. Her hair, like, her hair... I like how her hair goes back. Her hair goes all 80s. Has she just been holding it up this whole time? And where she's all vamped out? And then, like, after she's turned back, it's back to that quasi-bun shit. I'd be like, can you go back to that minus the jagged teeth and shit? (laughs) And it was blonde. Instead of brown, uh, yeah. I really like the score in the movie. It's by uh, Brad Fidel, who mm-hmm. did the the, nice. the Terminator, well, James Cameron trilogy of Schwarzenegger films. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because you don't see his name pop up on hardly anything mm-hmm. other than James Cameron films. Um, love the title screen, like mm-hmm. when it says "Fright Night" and then the the fangs, the, the fangs come down. Yeah, it, it has an old school feel to it that I just. Oh think. yeah, I mean, you it is contagious. Like the 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 kind of I don't know charisma the movie has. Like where it's like we we're gonna make. We're gonna make a movie. We're yeah. gonna make a movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that. That's what's really cool. Sort of like how when you watch Evil Dead for the first same time, same thing. Like, mm-hmm. I get the same feel from that movie. And yeah. those effects, same yeah, thing, it still works. Where's it? Uh, like, I don't even know how much you guys like vampire movies. Like, I think you can take them or leave them. Like, they're a lot better. Okay. I feel the same way, and I love vampires. Yeah, but I just don't think there's not that many good vampires. I mean, even movies. Bram Stoker's like Dracula, the ones Coppola <laughs> did, is like. Is, <laughs> It's, it's I am sweet. so scared to go back to that movie because of that first time I saw it and how much I man. thought it sucked. Oh man, it was. I mean, Hopkins and Oldman. How did this go wrong? Because then Keanu's Keanu is yeah, Parker. But the reason that movie, writer, reason I appreciate not... that movie, is because of Mel Brooks's movie. Right. Like when you look at the, the production design of the Mel Brooks movie, you're like, it looks just like the Bram Stoker. Yeah. Movie. It should have been called Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula because it's right. not Bram Stoker's no, Dracula at all. Um, I mean, like the cla- interview with the like, vampire the cla- like, turns into a wolf in that movie. Mm-hmm. We're like for years interview, it's stag. All right, interview. Tom was, Cruise is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interviews. I put well, interview pretty high. Oh, not the movie itself. Man, the pacing is just ridiculously off <laughs> for that I, entire movie. The interview, the vampire movie. Yeah, but. I read the books, and the fact that, like, if you go back and watch that movie after you read the other books, because it's, you're watching, what's good about that movie is, like, Brad Pitt's like, oh, Lestat's such a bad person, Lestat's such a bad person. Then the rest of the books are Lestat. As a hero? Not, not because he's like, I read this shit, this guy's bad-mouthing me, here's my story. He was a pussy, this is not how things are supposed to go, this is what really happened. So it kind of amps it up. In yeah. that way. I like vampire movies. He's got to get his heat back. Yeah, he, he does. heat back. It's why he killed Christian Slater. Or gets him. I'll give you the I choice. love that ending. Yeah. The, the ending, ending is, is awesome. The ending is good. 
That's the movie has moments. Yeah. But yeah. performance wise, it's solid. And Tony, that's and I think no, that's where I remember the most. Yeah. What is he, seven in that movie? Your first kiss is with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the movie. I really think that's why I think of it so highly, is just because I think Cruise kills it. Yeah, even like Anne Rice even said that she when she was talking about Interview with the Empire when they when she heard they cast Tom Cruise she flipped her shit she was, yeah. she was so fucking mad and then she saw the test footage and completely did a one eighty yeah but then the other the Queen of the Dam piece of shit oh, yeah See, but just because a bad yeah. that's the thing is a a, fam, a a bad movie is a bad movie yeah vampire stuff can be good like I tend to like vampire movies I'm I'm back and forth. There's the John Carpenter vampires where they're kind of monstrous. Yeah. Except for the head vampire right. generally. Then there's this movie that I saw on Netflix. You know, it's called Suck, but it's about, <laughs> but it's about a, a band. wet dream. Yeah, it's, but it's a, it, of course, but it's about a, a band who they're struggling rock band and they're like three dudes and a hot chick bass player. That is the key, and this vampire sees the chick and turns her, and so she's like glamoring people, and they get successful. Because she's seducing people through the music and slowly starts turning the band because they're all like, don't turn us, and they all get turned. But the gimmick with it is, is Henry Rollins is a radio DJ. Um, Iggy Pop is like Frankenstein. The mm-hmm. vampire hunter who's after them is... Uh, I, I'm it's starting to sound like Monster Squad. But it's they don't... Which is a good movie. It is a good movie, but <laughs> what's his name? The guy played Sauron in Star Trek. I can't think of his name. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is the vampire hunter who... What? <laughs> But generations, yeah, yeah. but it, he's he's so because it's you, you think that's gonna bring this this levity or this this elevated because it's Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like he's hard on vampires because they killed his foxy mama in the 70s, which is great. It's it's a real fun movie because vampire movies should be fun yeah. when they're right. over sexy and taken too seriously. Like, I can't stand the vampires in the underworld movies. Oh, fuck yeah, those. Um, between Underworld and bad. Twilight, it oh, really so just. Bad. Like, action Everything took fun, a hit. But when she's just walking was through it, that house. Was there Blood and Chocolate? Was that another one of those weird yeah. movies? Like, there's yeah. a couple weird one offs that yeah. pop up. But I, I like the Bella Lugosi one. Like, if we're going to mm-hmm. go old school, I've seen Nosferatu, uh, mm-hmm. which Shadow of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe. That's, that's yeah. a great movie. Um, the Hammer Horror movies with um, Christopher Lee as Dracula. He's probably my favorite Dracula. Like, he's fucking awesome. Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. Oh, uh, I, I, now, again, <laughs> I, I don't think From Dust I, I like oh, no, From no, no, Dust no. for a I lot of reasons. I love that movie. For a yeah. lot, I, I don't think of it as a vampire movie Because for the first half, it's not. Because mm. that would be, like, that's how, that's how I like my vampire movies. Like, well, you can be a dick if you want. But it's a fun, it's overall. From Dust Till Dawn is it's a great so fucking cool. Such a good mm. movie. But uh, yeah, I, there, it's an interesting subgenre because like, there's there's I, I I have a hard time. I have to think a while before I come across like a good catalog of mm. good ones. No, no. I have a plethora of ones I don't like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I hate that. I don't like that. You know, like um, that's like yeah. When I think of vampire movies, I think of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like that's always my go-to. Like that's, I I definitely think it's much better than most that other stuff we listed off yeah. and again interviews for the performances like that's why oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll always hold that that's the only reason I continue to watch it Jason where do you rate it I put this as a 9.5 cool because of just the, the nostalgia that it brings and still going back and watching it and haven't seen it in years and, and still just laughing yep goofing off it's, it's a fun movie which is what it should be Charlie where do you put it it's a 9 the nine? It's a cool. nine. I guess a childhood favorite mm-hmm. um, that I've I've only grown to appreciate more as I've I've seen more movies as I've gotten older. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a 
just a fun movie and shows what you can do with very little money. Yeah. And the fact that it was a success right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. for these guys. I, I love it. I started off the conversation, like I came into this at a five. And I said that, and, I, and again, that's just the movie itself. Like I do really admire, like I love like the, like I, I love when you can feel the independent filmmaking through it. Now, having discussed, like discussed it with you guys, I would, um, I'd probably raise it up to a very, and I would say a very happy six. Like I don't, it's, it's not like, oh, it's, it's barely passable. It's like, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I do find it to be very enjoyable. Um, do I like for the previous movies were either they've been nines or tens I've listed up? Do I put it up there? No. Would I hate rewatching it? Absolutely not. I especially if Halloween or whatever came around or something like that, it'd be yeah. fun to see. If it was also being like released and re-released in theaters, probably be a bag of fun to go see it in the theater. Oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. I'd probably go watch the remake now just to kind of compare it. I would say that. So that's a. And that's a fun thing. And I, and I think just as a whole, I think that's what's underrated about talking about movies is that like, I know I'm extremely critical. I know you're extremely critical. I know you can be critical. I think you're a little bit more, like you can be... I demand a lot. I, 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 I think you're a lot nicer than necessarily I can be about flip. I liked it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, that, and, that, and that's cool. I wish yeah. I was more like that. What I think's cool though is there's nothing wrong with saying like, I if I... I came into a discussion thinking movies, eh, you know, subpar or whatever. I think it can certainly change, and it's not a bad thing to have it change by talking about it with others. Because, like, again, like I enjoy perspective. Like, mm-hmm. if you can give me a perspective on something that then I can, you know, recall what I saw. Like, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Then right. I think that's a cool way to elevate. And I think you can do that with any movie. I mean, right. Any any flick. Well, it's the same if you go to a movie for the first time you've seen it and you have. You, bad date yeah or just like yesterday I went to see Civil War my friend I had to drag him out of the house and he was all pissy because the guy didn't break his change right at the counter kind of thing so he's just arms crossed like most of the movie it it interfered with my perspective same thing talking with someone after though can most of the time though I think talking with someone you have a better chance of raising something than lowering something yeah when uh, Siskel and Ebert used to do their show Siskel was only able to change Roger, Roger Ebert's mind on one movie where Roger Ebert said, oh, it's a thumbs up. And then Siskel gave him all these reasons. He goes, you're right, it's a thumbs down. You know what movie what was that it? was? No. Broken Arrow. <laughs> Man. Bum, 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 bum. I like Broken Arrow. <laughs> Broken Arrow was fun. That's a fun movie. Howie Long is <laughs> a henchman. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Cliffhanger. Like, it's, it's, it's the same movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think I think that's what discussions are good for, and I can give you a copy of the remake easily. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think that goes for wrestling too. Like you know, oh, like, yeah. you can totally go into a show like not really liking it that much, but then come out of it based on a conversation and be like, you know what, I did kind of miss that. Now that you filled that in for me, okay, right on. That's some some people used to say to us like, why do you guys just talk about movies all the time in this night? There's a lot it's to talk. Really fucking fun. Yeah, like, yeah. A, it's really fun. B, maybe I'll hear something that I never really thought of before. Yeah. That makes me go, oh, like this this shot that I thought was inconsequential. Yeah. Is actually quite important. Sure. Oh yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So kind of from now we're gonna be moving on from Fright Night. The next, the next dis- group discussion movies for guys who like movies. It's something a little different. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to come into the to, to 2015 with it with a bang. It's going to be Star Wars The Force Awakens for a good reason. This actually has a really good reason around it because I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Charlie's a big fan of Star Wars. 
Jason is not, but for a reason. I understand. Like, I get your reason. Go ahead and explain. It's just, it, it's too you hear, you hear something just too tease much. It. No, yeah. you hear you hear something too much, and yes. you go, no. Like yeah, that. I, I just don't see it where just tease it. Don't from. don't right. give away that, the that's house. Where I'm here. getting it, but that's right. And I haven't seen it yet. Right. I have not seen Force Unwakened. Unwakens. <laughs> I've seen three. Times. Haven't seen it. Um, was gonna go see it with my friend when he came home from Afghanistan. He got home. His wife wanted to go see it. She takes priority, I guess. Now yeah. I hear that happens when you get married. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Does it? I can't imagine. No, just. But I understand. So. I'm looking forward to being able to see it. I'm not going to be looking at, well, I don't like Star Wars, so blah, blah, blah. No, that's cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing J.J. Abrams' cover of A New Hope. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And well, you can see that already. It's the, called Star Trek. I think yeah. the good thing by this point, everyone <laughs> who was who was needed to see it or wanted to see it has seen it, so mm-hmm. the, the spoiler kind of thing is not a big, shouldn't be a huge deal at this point, but we'll see. I've already heard that shit. Oh, I'm not talking about for you. I'm talking about for like people who yeah, listen to it. They're like, yeah. we didn't know. What'd you well, show me, here's, man? Here's the difference. If you're this listening to a review of The Force yeah, Awakens. Right. This didn't pop up in your Twitter feed with a picture of someone saying something. You click play. Right. You're, right. you're pulling into it. Um, That'll be an interesting I, I think I loved the Quick Take series we did. It was really fun. With Jason doing The Descendants, Charlie doing Father's Day, me, me doing Hooper. I've already three, got another one in mind. We, we three, did very different movies. Oh but my they god, it's all the strangest three-pack. <laughs> but they, they all really do tie together, though. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. So, And you guys came, you you, you listened to it. I could just tell by looking at the numbers. And it was really, really cool. We are going to bring it back. We do, like, down the road, One, we'll go ahead and let you know that it's going to happen. We're going to do Dirty Harry. The Dirty Harry Explain franchise. Explain it, yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun the way we do this. Um, we're going to do Dirty Harry, the first one, all together. Then the next three, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, and Sudden Impact, each of us is going to do a quick take on it. And then we're going to come back together. <laughs> we're going to come back together to finish off the franchise <laughs> with the Deadpool. And it's it's going to be a badass like, Not couple Deadpool. weeks. The Deadpool. Deadpool. Right. Oh, 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 oh. And Clint Eastwood. Dude, we're going to get Wade hits. Wilson. Yeah, I know. just based on that. <laughs> money, money. <laughs> we're going to give you <laughs> So that's going to be really cool. That's going to be coming down the pipe. But first, we're going to hit up Force Awakens. I think we're, we're going to hit up Civil War. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War. We're going to do that just because that's also out now as well. And we're each going to see it at some point. I don't know when that's going to hit, but... Just to kind of give you a tease of what's going well, on. I'm the only one that hasn't seen it, right? Well, I haven't seen it yet either. I'm not going to see it till June, probably. So it's still going to be some time. But we're going to get you to it. Wait to see it with Dave. No, I'm going down. Like, um, when I go down there, I don't know. I, I may, I still may or may not see, it, but I'm going to try to, in one way, shape, or form, I'm going to see it. Um, kind of like by at least mid June. That way, we can at least talk about it. And by that point, then again, everybody's seen it, has seen it, wanted to see it, or whatever. So. True. We'll be able to talk about it by that point, but just to give you a tease about it, those quick takes were a blast to do. Mm-hmm. I think they were a lot of fun. It kind of shows you where everybody really does have a different perspective on movies. It doesn't matter, and um, we'll be coming back at it. So the next Movies for Guys Who Like Movies will be Star Wars The Force Awakens, Episode 7. We're coming into modern times. This will be fun. But yet retro. The next... <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Right. The next New Blood Rising podcast for the wrestling will be SmackDown from... <laughs> two eight, days from now. Yeah, two days. <laughs> which will be... What was it? Well, April actually, in the past, or May, when you listen to this. Oh, right, this, right. This is May 15th, so it'll be May, May 17th. The, no, the May 19th edition. That's when it airs, right. It's the go-home, 
Two Extreme Rules. My God, is that only a week from now? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, three pay-per-views. It's night. hard to keep So there's up. a lot out there. And if you want to chime in with opinions, suggestions, or just reviews, whatever you want to do a with request, stuff we've seen. A requested movie. Request. Like, you go, how will these guys Well, there was a request for a Suburban Commando. I yeah. saw a request for that. We got a request for The Replacements, which would be a really... Mm. Which is on Netflix, so that's yeah. easily accessible. Yeah. So we'll, um, that could be coming down the line. We'll see. But, um... Uh, Twitter, at New Blood Pod, Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast, and our Gmail is newbloodrisingpod at gmail.com. So three ways you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think and everything like that. I myself, though, I'm at William Rankin 83 I'm at the Jason Keesler. I'm at CM underscore staff. We're going to see you guys very, very soon for New Blood Rising Podcast. Yeah.